year of Kibbutz Avaim. It's today is Yom Hazikaron, so we'll be learning Lilui Nishmat, all of the uh, soldiers and the Nifkei Terra, the people that the civilians that passed away in terror attacks. Hashem Yikom Damam, and this should be an Ilui uh, for all of their Nishamot. Um, specifically, a friend of mine, uh, Yitz Inka, started a program that on Yom Hazikaron, everyone uh, learns one daf and they finish in Shas. Um, it's a program called Likdoshim, L-E-K-E-D-O-S-H-I-M.com. Um, so today I'm learning a daf in Erchin, but also I want to dedicate this shir to uh, soldier Nadav Karmi Ben uh, Nira and Natan, who died in the Yom Kippur War. Um, and this should be for Ilui uh, Neshama, for Nadav. And I invite everyone to go into the Lekdoshim uh, website and also take something uh, to learn on behalf of a soldier uh, on Yom Hazikaron. We're starting on page 53, the second shear of Kibbut Abba Aim. Now, we're finishing up Kibbut Abba Aim, and we said when it comes to honoring one's parents, we could summarize the obligation of kibbutz as in providing services for one's parent that is going to uh, help them physically. Giving them to drink, giving them to eat, even going shopping for them, cleaning their house, anything of that sort that is going to help them physically. And we saw the Maharik limited it, um, that it's not going beyond that uh, you don't necessarily have to listen to everything that your parents if they want you to study uh, a certain uh, a, a certain medicine and you want to study computers that is uh, not included uh, one last halacha on kibbutz avayim before we move on to the second mitzvah and that is revering mora is standing for one's parents says the gemara in mesechi kiddushin lamedalev Rav Yosef When Rav Yosef just heard the footsteps of his mother, said he will stand up. The Shechina is like the Shechina is approaching. Very interesting how he compares his mother to the Shechina. But what the Poskim learned from that is that maybe one has to stand. One definitely has to stand for one's parents. Maybe even if you don't see them, you just hear them coming. Do you have to do that? That is mentioned in the Gilion Maharsha and the Aruch HaShulchan. However, the Shulchan Aruch doesn't pass in that way. That is a Chumra or Hidur of uh, Rav Yosef. And the Halacha is, says the Shulchan Aruch in Yeridea, Reish Mem, Chayav La'amod Mipnei Aviv. One has to stand when one sees one's father, when one sees one's mother. What is the definition of when and how? Says the Chaya Adam. What does it say, Aviv and not Harav? That's a, a, a general, when, when you go through the halachot, so usually... That's, that's like when Nehizum can talk of. Sorry? That's like Nehizum can talk of. Right, right, right. Yeah, you got to, you got to stand uh, for... Is it equal? Oh, so is it equal to a Zaken? Not. It's equal, as we'll see, to someone else. And that is... Rabo Hamuvhak. The three times you have to stand. Mitnei Sevatakum, which is an elderly person. Um, then there is your parents, and then there is your Rebbe. 
So we'll see that the laws... Sorry? The, the, the Rebbe. The Rabbi. Your Rabbi. Your Rabbo Muvha. Rabbi. Right? So those are the three times where the Torah tells us we have to stand. But as we'll see, there's, it's not the same as standing for an old person. It's more parallel or the poskim equated to standing for one's primary rabbi. Look at the Chaya Adam. The Chaya Adam says, Chayav la'amod mitne... We do stand up before a known great Talmud Correct. So that's what it's comparing it to. If you, if you, if you want to compare standing for a parent, it's similar, it's similar to standing for a Talmud Chacham. What about a melech? Or? Okay, also, a melech, you're right. There, there, there are the, the other dinim of the melech. Which one would the melech fit into? Not sure. have to learn Yilchot uh, Melachim for that. But it says the Chay Adam, Chayav la'amod mipne aviv v'imo kemelo komato. There's no such thing as just, you know, doing the shift in the chair. That is, you have to stand completely. Venireli, the dino karabo muvhak. Says Zechariah Adam, it seems to me that the halacha is similar to one's primary rabbi. Even if you see your rabbi from a distance, as far as your eyes can see, you have to stand. Until when? Until Adi turns the corner and you can no longer see him. Or until he sits. That's not the law regarding mitnei seivatakum. But here the Chai Adam says that is the din regarding Rabbo Muvhak. As long as you can see him coming, you already have to stand. And until he sits, you're not allowed to sit. Similarly, that would be applied to one's parents, one's mother and one's father. What does the Ramah say? Now, the Chai Adam has introduced us to a very important halacha. Basically, whatever we find... Regarding the halachot of Rabbo Muvhak, one's primary rabbi, you kind of copy-paste to the laws of one's parents. Because the Shulchan Aruch didn't really elaborate. The Shulchan Aruch says you have to stand for one's father, i.e. parents, right? But the, the definition of when, how, where, he doesn't uh, state explicitly. The Chay Adam basically told us he thinks that all the laws of what we find for standing for one's primary rabbi applied to one's parents. So let's look at the Ramah. What does the Ramah say regarding standing for one's Rebbe? Says the Ramah in Yoradea Reish Membet, Kvod Rabo, Yesh Omrim, some say, De'en Adam Chayav Lamod Lifnei Rabo, Rak Shacharit Va'arvit. You only have to stand for your Rosh Hashiva twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening. Now, um, and then he says, okay, but look, and the Taz explains, why is that? Shacharit varvit, the lo adif mikvod shamayim bekriyachma. How many times a day does a Jew is makabal o machut shamayim? Does he accept the yoke of heaven? Right? Twice a day when he says shacharit in the morning and when he says shacharit in the evening. So says the Ramah, he thinks that you don't need to stand for your Rosh Hashiva. You know, when, you, when you're learning in Yeshiva, every time the, the, the Rosh Hashiva comes into the Beit Midrash, what, so all the Talmudim have to stand, sit, stand, sit, and, you know, until the Rosh Hashiva gets, uh, gets to his place, it can be half of the uh, morning sailor. So, so what's the din? 
The Ramah says, no, once in the morning, once in the evening. Explains it to us, because we don't want, we don't want the kavod or the yira that we're giving to our rabbayim more than kvot shamayim. Now what's interesting is that the Shulchan Aruch didn't say that. And it seems that the Shulchan Aruch is arguing with the Ramah. Now the truth is that this is already, it seems to be a machloket uh, in the Gemara. And what is it, could it be based on? It could be based on what we said last week. Remember we saw last week that when it came to the Talmud Bavli, the Talmud Bavli said we equate the laws of Kibbut Ava'im to Kvod Shamayim. The Torah parallels or equates the cover that we have to give to our parents, similar to the cover that we have to give to Shamayim. As it says, Kabed et avicha ve'timecha, and it says in Mishla, Kabed et Hashem mehonecha. That was how the Bavli understood it. The Yerushalmi says the opposite. Hashem obligated us to honor our, par- our parents more than Himself. Because when it says to Hashem, regarding honoring one's Hashem, says Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, Kabedet Hashem mehonecha, honor Hashem mehonecha, with your wealth. That means you got money, you buy a lulav. You don't have money, you don't need to. As opposed to Kabedet Abicha Betimecha, there was no limitation. It didn't say if you've got money. And therefore the Yerushalmi understood even if one has to beg. Now that we don't pass in that like that Yerushalmi, but we saw that according to the Yerushalmi, at least the simple understanding of the Yerushalmi, we mentioned that the Rosh reinterpreted the Yerushalmi. According to the simple understanding of the Yerushalmi, honoring one's parents, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us to honor them more than himself. And that could be an argument to say the Shulchan Aruch that doesn't limit standing for one's rabbi only twice a day, as the Ramah does, it could be that he would hold that maybe, maybe, in this den, Hashem was more worried about the kavod that one gives to one's Rebbe than the kavod that one gives to HaKosh Baruch Hu. Perhaps. It's difficult to say that, I know, because the Shulchan Aruch, in the end of the day, Paskin like the Babli. Yeah? Two things. Number one, when we're through Kriyat, we say it. Okay. Number one. Right. Number two, let's say Tfilat Mincha, before we even say Shmon Esrei, when we say Atokadosh Meshivuch Hakadosh, that's Kabbalah Zolmachut Shemayim. But even before that, Tfilat Hashem Midaber Pivi Boretko Bosor Shem Kotshol Yolam Boed would be praising Hashem. I don't know if that's the definition of Kabbalah uh, of Kabbalah Zolmachut Shemayim. It's praising Kotshol. Majesty in Hakadosh Okay, it's interesting. I'm not whether that's got the specific definition of Kabbalat or Machut Shamayim. Okay, maybe, maybe. And the first point we said for creation. Right. Okay, interesting. Got a kasha on the Taz, but that's how the Taz explains it. Now, so the bottom line is, who do we pass like? We saw that one equates standing for one's parents similar to. One's Rebbe Muvak, and according to the Ramah, one's Rebbe Muvak, you only have to stand twice a day. So, if we take that logic, perhaps I only have to stand for my father in the morning and in the evening, but every time he comes into the room, I don't have to stand for him. Whereas the Shulchan Aruch didn't pass in that halacha for the Rebbe Muvak, 
So it could be that for the Shulchan Aruch would pass in that no, your father walks into the room even a hundred times a day, you have to stand every time. Says the Chaya Adam, source number six, Ve'no chayav l'amod el ha-shachrit v'arvit, ve'yesh omrim, right? Da'afilu mea pa'amim b'yom chayav. But some say that even a hundred times a day you have to stand, and that arguably is the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch. So for Svarim over here, it's going to be difficult, you know, it's, it's quite a challenge. Every time one's parent walks into the room, one has to stand. And not only does he have to stand with just a, a, a shuffle, you know, like lift off oneself off one seat, we saw one has to stand fully. So we'll come back to whether one has to stand fully in a moment. Um, but what would be the argument to say, a lot of people don't stand. Is there any reason that we can justify them not standing when their parents walk in the room? So here we have a famous din mentioned in the Gemara in Kiddushin Lamed Bet. Amar Rav Yitzhak Bar Shilo Amar Rav Matna. Amar Rav Chizda. Rav Chizda says, Ha'av shemachal al kvodo, kvodo machul. A father, or for that matter, a mother, who foregoes his or her honor, kvodo machul. The honor is forgone, i.e. It, was, it, was it, it is within the jurisdiction of a parent to forego their honor. And therefore one could argue that perhaps a parent forgoes his honor and it's not so makbid on the child. And that's why many people do not stand every time their parents walk in the room. Says the Shulchan Aruch, says further, the Shulchan Aruch tells a parent do not be over meticulous about demanding honor from your children. Because in the end of the day, you're going to cause him to sin. Sorry? It really becomes ridiculous. What? To get up every, every time. Okay. Every maybe. few minutes because they go in and out. Go in and out. So, so perhaps. Right. So, so this is the, the Shulchan Aruch is telling us a, a parent should be mochel. A parent should be mochel. Right. Well, now, okay, the, but what, what Kurt was saying yeah. is more than that. He's saying that it will diminish the cover by making oh them, i by, see i'm saying you diminish the cover every time you get you, up if you make him get up a hundred times walking in and out of the room even if you're not doing it on purpose it was, you know, you're going here you're going there it diminishes the cover because it's not a cover that he stands up every three oh he walks in every three seconds you have to get up i'm not sure i'm not sure i think you know if uh, the north korean uh <laughs> what's his gonna whatever his name is walks in i think they stand up every time you know i don't think they uh I don't know, uh, maybe, maybe, possibly. But we do, we do so we, we found that there's a principle of mechila, parent can forgo it. Not only that, the Shulchan Aruch is basically telling parents they shouldn't be too meticulous and they should be mochel. And here says Rabbi Lazim, Rabbi Yezim, Lamadim, Pnine Alacha. He says as follows Kayom, Yeladim, Rabim, Enem, Nogim, Lakum, Bifne, Orehem. Many children don't stand in front of their parents. So, Rabbi Eliezer Melamed is trying to be Melamed Schut. He's trying to, you know, he says like this. 
the fact that a parent never told their child to stand up for them is a siman, it's a sign that really they were mochel, they forgo their honor even if they didn't say so explicitly. However, he does say that it's better for a child to ask explicitly for permission, etc. And, and perhaps. Now, look at the Pitre Truva, source number 10, and he says as follows. It might be true that a parent is mochel. That that a parent forgoes his honor just tell, says that the child's not going to get punished. But if a child does stand, for certain he gets the mitzvah. There's definitely a mitzvah for a child to stand. So the parent should be mochel. But if a, if a child wants to stand, he should definitely stand. Now, the Yalkut Yosef, now remember, according to the Ramah, Ashkenazim, we get off uh, quite lightly. Once in the morning, once in the evening, and pretty much few pato. According to the Shulchan Aruch, the Svardim, even a hundred times. So says the Yalkut Yosef, I'm not going to read it inside, but the Yalkut Yosef says like this. There are certain times where a child should ask permission from his parents not to stand. For example, if one is living a person is living at home with his parents. So it's, it's going to be, you know, a hundred times they could, every time their parent walks in. So they should explicitly ask permission not to have to stand every time. Or a person who's married, but is staying with their, their parents for an extended period of time, they should ask permission in order, because otherwise, mistoma, they're going to, uh, they are going to uh, um, sin in this, and he, he prefers one not relying on a chazoka that a parent is mochel. He says one should ask explicitly. Now, here of Nisim Karelitz has a very interesting uh, um, educational uh, point to teach us. He says like this. Although the Shulchan Aruch says a parent should be mochel. If you look at the words, the Shulchan Aruch said a parent shouldn't be overly meticulous. But it doesn't mean a, a parent should outright be mochel and, and forgive and never uh, obligate their children to, to, um, to stand. And Rav Karelitz says a very interesting point. He says like this, the Torah knows what it's doing. If the Torah held that a parent, a child should stand for the parent, so that's the chinuch that we should be giving our children. Why do we think we know better than the Torah? So he says, of course, you know, once off, etc., etc., or if it's many times, or if the Asher should, but as a blanket rule, just to be mochel and to forget this din, says Rav Karelitz, he thinks that is not the way how parents should be educating their children, and that's not what the Torah wants. That's not what the Torah wants. So as a blanket rule, just to be mochel and for a child never to stand for their parents is a problem, says Rav Karelitz. Obviously, if it's going to be a hundred times, etc., a day, then they should ask permission, yes. But as a blanket rule, just to give up on this, this standing for one's parents, he thinks it's a, it's, a, it's a big problem, and that's not the chinuch that the Torah wanted us to give our uh, children. So what should a parent teach So I child? think a parent should teach their children that, they should, uh, that, that part of Kibbut Avaim is standing for them. And, and a parent should, uh, should say at, at certain uh, points, you know, I'm a mochel, but you should know there, there are, you know, you should be standing. And if you do stand, it's a mitzvah. You can use the pitre tshuva and the radbaz. Um, 
but try and ingrain in them that there, there, there is such a mitzvah. It's not like you never mention it because the kids need to know. If you never mention it, they're not going to know. Right? So practical halacha. What should a child do? Practical? Twice a day? No, I, I think definitely for Ashkenazim, if you do it twice a day, you don't need to do it more than twice a day. That is, that's the Ramah, and you know, that's keeping halacha, that, that, that I think is 100% okay. It also depends. It depends if the parents are living with their children. For example, I don't live with my parents anymore. My parents come and visit me uh, for Shabbos. So it's not such a tircha to stand up when they, when they walk in. Right? Not such a tircha. Twice a day to stand up for one's parents. Not such a tircha. It's not such a big thing. But if I was living at home with them every day, I think it's different. So one has to see the situation. But I think the idea is, what Rav Karelitz is saying is, one should inform one's children there is such a mitzvah. How one applies it, one has to see the circumstances and the age of the kids. You don't want to tell something that, just like you don't want to say something, you don't want to say something that your kids can't, uh, can't uh, um, withstand. So personally, I think every family and every has to, has to work that out. Moving on to the mitzvah of mora, of revering one's parents. The Torah, last week's parasha, or this week's parasha, I think, for, it depends which part of the, uh, the globe you're in. Ish imo baviv tirau. A person, a man, has to, his mother and his father, he shall revere. Now, it's quite interesting. This pasuk starts off with an ish. Why did it say ish? What about isha? And it's singular. And it ends off with tirau in plural. Rashi learns two things from this. I, Rashi, quoting Chazal. First of all, ish, as opposed, tirahu means that also a woman is obligated to revere her parents. So why did it say ish in the beginning? So Rashi quotes Chazal that sometimes a woman isn't able to do kibbutz and, and morata parents. Why is that? Because she's married and she's got obligations to her household. And therefore, sometimes she will be patur from Kibud Avaim, as opposed to the son, and that's why it says Ish, because he's always obligated, as opposed to an Isha, it depends on the situation. And that's how the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that if a woman is married, in certain cases she will be pater from Kibud Avaim. Says the Shach, and this is very important, Halach Lamaiseh, says the Shach, but if the husband it doesn't disturb him. If the husband isn't makpid, then the daughter is obligated similar to the son. And I think in today's generation, you know, I think most uh, husbands are not makpid on their wives. They're not makpid on every other thing. Why should they be makpid on this halacha? And therefore, if we're going with the shach today, a daughter in general, most cases, will be chayav in kibbutz and mora of their horim as well. That is the first a duke that, the, um, that Rashi makes. The second duke that Rashi makes is over here, it puts the mother before the father. And when it talks about kibbutz avayim, and here is the famous drasha of Chazal, that basically the natural tendency is for pe- people to revere their father more than their mother and to honor their mother more than their father. And therefore the Torah is telling us what comes naturally do not do. Rather they are equated in all uh, levels, and we'll discuss that, are they really equatable in all levels, or is there a seder of preference or precedence 
in certain scenarios. Let's move on to um, the, what is the definition? Sorry, source number 16, Kiddushin Lamad Aleph. What is the definition of mora, of revering or fearing one's parents? Tanarabana, the Brighter tells us explicitly, Ezu mora, what is considered revering one's parents? Vezo kibbut, and what is honoring? So kibbut, we've already discussed last week. Ezu mora, lo omeid bimkomo, one cannot stand in one's father's place. I'm not sure exactly what this is, but apparently in previous generations, there was like a certain place where father stood. Today, I don't know if we actually have... Place in shul. Place in shul, but that's more like his seat. Right? It's talking about a place where he stood. Um, I suppose, let's say Davin's next to a... He always has an Amida next to, next to a certain wall. Maybe that's what I was referring to. Okay, good. A person has a seat. Father has a seat. Not allowed to sit in his mother or his father's seat. He cannot contradict his father or mother. And he cannot choose sides. What does that mean? Look at the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch lays it all out for us in source number 18. Right? You cannot stand in his designated area. Can you read that there was like a, a elderly, um, you know, group of the elders where only they stood? Or the place where he died. You cannot sit in your father's designated chair. You're not allowed to contradict him. You cannot choose sides. So your father's having an argument with, with one of his friends. Not only can you say, you know, our true, I, Abba, my, your friend's right. Not only can you not say that, you cannot even say, my father's right. Where did this, he told me to me, I was at a, a rabbinic uh, kennis, you know, one of these, um, um, how do I say this? Conferences. And I, I think it was, I can't remember, Rav Zalman, it was Rav Zalman Nehemiah Goldberg was talking, and, or Rav Osher Weiss, I can't remember, one of them. And we're coming out, and as, as is usual, after the rabbi speaks, you have a crowd of people around asking him questions. So one uh, rabbi asked the, um, uh, the Rav, the Posek, uh, what the halach is, and he gave an answer. And a, a young Talmud said, yeah, he's right. I was like flabbergasted. Who are you to say he's right? It's like you putting yourself on a pedestal, right? So that's what the Shulchan Aruch is talking about. Who are you? By you saying my dad's right, my father's right, you're really trying to equate yourself with him. And that, that says the Shulchan Aruch, you can't even do that. That is a problem of mora. A person should have reverence. That, you know, I'm not on the same level as my father. I can't just say, yeah, he's right. So that is, um, that is the law of reverence. The last halacha, ad heichan moram. How far does one have to take this reverence? Hayah ben labush chamudot v'yoshev berosh hakahal. The son is dressed in fine garments, standing in front of the, at the head of the, of the, the community. Ubao ibba avi v'imo karub gadav. And they came and they tore his garments. V'yikua roshor, they hit him, yarkuba v'anav. And they spit at him. He remained silent. That is a din of reverence that one has to have 
take the insult and keep quiet. Do not return an insult to one's uh, parents. And that is the halakha. Okay, so now that we've got the broad strokes definition of what mora is. Yeah. Is there a difference between nearim and he's right? For example, you have a situation in this generation yeah. where you have parents who never had a Torah education. Right. Their children do. Right. The father says something. Can't the child say to the other person, you know, my father's right. Right. So we're going we're, we're gonna to talk about that in a moment. When we get into the... We're going to discuss your point exactly now in a moment of, of what it means not to, uh, not to contradict a, a father. Um, we'll, we'll see that in a moment. Okay. So regarding a, a chair, one of the most... Or many, many families, the father's got a car, the mother's got a car, right? Now, if the, child, the mother says, go pick up your dad and take his car. I don't want you to take my car, take his car. So the father doesn't know about it. So the Lichorah wasn't Mechila, right? Can he sit in his father's, I mean, it would be very ill to drive the car, not sitting in the driver's seat, right? Is that a problem? Says Sakimu Truvot, that basically that's not considered a designated seat. It's his car, right? But it's not, it's, it's, it's his car, but the seat is, is like, well, you need a seat in front of the wheel, but that's not the seat of his uh, father. Although I, I, I do know someone where there was a specially made seat for the father, right? A very rich uh, person who had, a, had a, a, a special, the seat specially designed for him. No, he had a certain... Uh, elements or backache, whatever, so he had a, a specially made seat for him. I'm not sure if that would be so simple unless the father was mochel. If the father is mochel, he's mochel. If he's not mochel, it's not clear to me in that case. But in general, says it's not a problem to sit in the seat, uh, in, the, in, in a car seat, uh, even though it's uh, your father's car. What about contradicting a parent? Here says the Sifte coin, the Shach, whether you argue with him or whether you even say to your father's opponent right, in the discussion, you, your, your, your opinion seems to be right. That is considered That is considered contradicting him. And it seems that you cannot contradict one's parent, even if not in front of him. Now, we have a kashya. And that is, that many times in the Gemara, we see that uh, in, in the Rishonim, look at the, the Taz. The Tur was one Rishon, who was the son of the Rosh, Rabbein Lasher, and he argues with him. Not many times. Usually he... Uh, he, he follows his father's track, but sometimes he argues with him. So the Taz's answer is, well, it wasn't in front of him. And since it wasn't in front of him, the, the prohibition of contradicting one's father is specifically in front of him. But when it's not in front of him, it is not a problem. It says the Shevet Halevi, um, he says like this, the Ramaz, the Divra Be'er Sheva, that brings the Be'er Sheva, the Be'er Sheva wanted to say, when are you not allowed to contradict your father? 
That's regarding politics. That's regarding the weather. That's regarding, you know, milad alma, just mundane things. But for dvar halacha, you can argue with him and say he's wrong. That's what the Be'er Sheva wants to say. Says the Shevet Alevi, Avar Kfar Chalkualav, Kola Rishonim. All of the Rishonim argue with him. Kmosh Katav Gamken Rashi, Bekidushin, the Gamba Dvar Halacha, Asur. That even for Dvar Halacha, it is Asur. And says, Vadam Atzino, Abe Machlokot, Avotim Banim, Bedvar Halacha. Oh, but you find everywhere that children argue with their parents in the Rabbinic literature. Mikoma Kom Derech Stira, Vaderech Lashon Hachra'a, Asur. So here is what you, what you were saying, Rabbi, that there's a hachra, you're absolutely wrong, you know, as, as opposed to nearing or, you know, a, a not an absolute uh, statement, but a more gentle, toned-down statement, going to the Shevet HaLevi, is permitted. But an absolute clear-cut, you're wrong, I'm right, that, says the Shevet HaLevi, is unacceptable, even though the Be'er Sheva agrees. Be'er Sheva says that that would be acceptable. I must say, I haven't seen the Be'er Sheva inside, but I have a kasha on the, on the Shevet HaLevi. When we're talking about, um, we, we know, ain't funave, ain't, uh, what's the pasuk? Ain't funave, ain't that, l'negel Hashem. When it comes to chilul Hashem, we don't give cover, we don't give cover to the Rav, we don't give cover to anyone. It's going to be a chilul Hashem. Person's going to paskin if you're going to distort the psaka, if you think halacha is A, and your father says halacha is B, and you're not going to say absolutely, why is that not, you know, that, that's like a distortion of the Torah on a certain level. How, wh- why is that okay? So I don't know what the Shevet HaLevi means. I mean, if people would get the wrong idea, and they would think that, you know, your father said it's Mutar, and you think it's Asur, I think that if you wouldn't say it in black and white, people would get misguided. I imagine that even the Shevet HaLevi would say that it's okay. He's talking about in a case where you could still get your message across, but you don't need to say it in such a um, forceful manner. But I think if the message wouldn't be, get, be gotten across, there's a problem over here of distorting the Torah, you know, and we don't give cover to the Rav and we don't give cover to anyone. When it's Kvot Shamaim and the distortion of the Torah is the greatest uh, chilul of the, the, that you could do. Or not the greatest, but a definite uh, distortion of the Torah. Yeah. Because the re and the Rabbeinu uh, grandchildren of, of Rashi, Rashi. And they argue all the time. And, him, and the Rashbam, if I remember right. correctly, at the beginning of Parshas Vayesha. Yeah. When he says, "In mikro yotzei midei pshuto," right? He said that even my grandfather misvakafti imo v'hodoli, that if he would have had the time, he would have written another parish on the kumashapi pshat. Wow, shkach. Okay, so so it's 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 not so clear. But look at the pitchei tshuva. The pitchei tshuva in source twenty three says. So it sounds like the Pitre Tshuva is saying, listen, if you've got a Chavruta with your parents, you can't say, oh, I can't, I can't. That's a way of learning that people 
back and forth. You, you say a statement, I makshi on you, I, I bring a, a contradiction, etc. That is a way of learning. One doesn't have to worry about it when a child learns with one's uh, parents. Again, when it comes to a look at the source of the Chazonish, Nire Davke Belashon Hachlata, some type of decision. But to give a, an argument, to give a question, that has always been the way of Torah that we fight with each other. And Nichora, that's uh, what the Gemara in Kiddushin, the Gemara in Kiddushin talks about that uh, um, even a father and son are like enemies. What does it mean like enemies? When they're fighting in Torah, they're like enemies. They... They plow into each other. However, they don't leave until they love each other. We're going to skip the Gemara inside. You can read it. But um, let's move on to calling parents by name. Another thing we're not allowed to call one's parents by name. Says the Gemara in Kiddushin Lamed Aleph Amud Bet. Taner source number 27. Chacham, Meshaneh Shem Aviv, V'Shem Rabo. So we're talking about, in the times of the Gemara, you didn't have loudspeakers and you didn't have microphones. So the Rosh Hashiva um, not necessarily had a very powerful voice. So what would he do? He would say the shir to a, 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 a maturgaman, not necessarily a different language, just it's called the maturgaman. And the maturgaman was this like burly guy who had a big uh, voice and he would project the, whatever the Rav told him, he would then give it over to the crowds, to the masses. So here... Says the Gemara, how does this work? Chacham meshaneh shem aviv v'shem rabo. Turgamam eno meshaneh lo shem aviv v'lo shem rabo. So the Chacham is quoting his father, it seems. So here you have, uh, you know, Rabban Gamliel is quoting his father. So um, Rav Shimon is quoting his father, Rabban Gamliel. There was, you know, they, they kept on going in circle, circle, whichever one it is. So Rav Shimon ben Gamliel is quoting his father, Rabban Gamliel. He can't say to the Meturgamam, Rabban Gamliel. What should he say? Uh, he has to change his name. So Asik, but the Maturgaman, when he gives a shear, he doesn't have to change the name. Asik, Gemara, Avod, the man, Ilay Ma'avod, the Maturgaman, Atun, Maturgaman, Lav, Barchi, Yubahu, El Amar, Rabba, Rather, Rabba says, Shem Aviv Shel Chacham, Shem Rabo Shel Chacham. We're talking about, it's the name of the father of the Chacham. Ki Hadamar Barav Ashi, the son of Rabashi, ki have a papirka, iu amar abamori. The son of Rabashi would say, abamori, my father, my teacher. Vam om vamore amar hachi amar Rabashi. And then the maturgaman, the person who was projecting the shir, just said Rabashi. So we see from here that you're not allowed to call your father by their name. Now it comes from this Gemara, it sounds like you're not even allowed to call your father abamori Rabban Gamliel. Right? It just says, Abamari. You're not allowed to mention their name. What, is, what are we going to do with that? Now look at the Rambam, source 29. Person is not allowed to mention one's father's name, not in his lifetime, and not after his passing. Elomer Abamari. That's to say, my father, my teacher. Let's skip the, the continuation of the Rambam because uh, that's a separate halacha. So it comes out that basically you can never call your father by his name. Um, and this is, this is difficult, but look what the Shulchan Aruch says. 
ולא במותו. אלא אומר, אבא מור יאפ תסיים מהפרדה, מה תתרא? אקסלנט. כי הוא עושה קווישן. תערוך השולחן. תערוך השולחן. פסבול סורט את רבי עקיבא אגר. רבי עקיבא אגר סורט סייז, און דס גמרא, הוא אומר, אני לא מבין, לוק את שס. We find the Gemara in Pesachim Yud Bet Kuf Yud Bet. Sorry, we in we in Sfirat Omer. Rav Shimon Bar Yochai goes to Rabbi Akiva and he says, "Rabbi Lamdeini, Rabbi teach me." Rabbi Akiva says, "I can't teach you." Whatever, why Rabbi Akiva? And then Rav Shimon Bar Yochai says, "If you don't teach me, then I'm going to be more. I'm going to tell Yochai Avi." I'm going to tell Yochai Abba and he's going to be Moser Ochala Malchut. And he's going to say, he's going to, you know, squeal on you to the Romans. And then says Rabbi Akiva, his famous line, Yoter Shah Egel, Rotze Linok, Hapara Rotze Lanik. It's not that I don't want to teach you. But you see that Rabbi Shimba Yochai talked about his father. And he didn't say Abba Mori even, he just said Abba Yochai. And then many, Chalafta, Rabbi Yossi says, Chalafta. And, and, and there are many, the, the, the Gra uh, basically brings many of these uh, points in Rabbi Akiva Ege, they found them all over the Gemara. But, uh, so the Aruch HaShulchan says, but you see it even from the Pasuk, Yaakov Avinu, Amalach HaGoyal Timi Kora, B'Shem Avotai, Avram Yitzchak. How does the Pasuk? Yeah. Avram Yitzchak, so he talks about his father. What's going on? And grandfather. Maybe you could have argued, maybe the Salah was only for the, grand, for the father, not the grandfather. But Lichora, yes. So, so what's going on? So look at the Aruch HaShulchan. We'll come back to the sources in a moment. Look at source number 36. Utmehani. He brings another case of in the Gemara in Gittin. If they kill me, Dostai. Who's going to give my father Yanai, he just calls his father Yanai, a son like me? And Rav Shimon Yochai Amar, Ani Omer Le Yochai Abba. Oh, that's the Gemara Psachin that we just quoted. Rav Yossi Amar, Afilo Abba Chalafta Beinahem. Kitzor, all of these Tanaim and Amoraim are talking about, they just called their fathers. So what's going on over here? And then he quotes the passage of Yaakov Amar, Hashem Avot Avram Yitzchak, and Shlomo Amar, David Avdi. How many times have we found that Shlomo Amelech in Melachim talks about David Avdi, my father David? So it sounds like the Gemara again. The Gemara in Kiddushin, Lamed Aleph, it sounded like you're not allowed to say your father's name ever. You have to say Abamori. And that sounds a pshat of the Rambam, and it sounds a pshat of the Shulchan Aruch. But the Aruch HaShulchan and Rabbi Akiva Eke, they, they, they bring these kashas at Lichora, you look all over Shas, it's not like that. So what's going on? And he gives two answers. So the second answer he says like this, O efshar de kavanatam shelo yikreenu bishmo levad belo Abba. Aval kshomer Abba ploni mutar. If you just say your father's name without a title, without an appellation, then it's a problem. But if you were to add a title, Abba, uh, that would be enough. So when, when Rav Shumba Yochai said, Yochai Abba, or David, Avi, David, Avdi, uh, Avi, David, David Avi, 
That, that would be good enough. Yaakov Avinu says, B'Shem Avotai. So you don't even need to say, Abba Mori. You just have to say, Abba, and according to the Aruch HaShulchan, that would be enough. That would be enough. Aye, but the Gemara in Kiddushin said that the Chacham has Meshanesh Shmo, and what does he say? Abba Mori. So where did the Abba Mori come in? So it could be that there's a separate thing. When you're giving a Psak Halacha, a public shear, and you're quoting your father, and your father happens to be Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach, you have to say, Avi Mori, Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach, whatever it is. You have to give him the full title, right? But if it's just Stam, you know, you, you're talking about your father, you don't have to every time mention, um, mention Avi Mori. You can say just Abba, and that would be, that would be okay. Um, furthermore, the Stei Chemet, um, how do a person calls there? Now, it doesn't have to be Abba. You could say you are the son. If you say Ben, right, and say his name, that's the same thing, right? So, so I'm Doron Ben Eliyahu. That's not a problem because I'm say I'm giving him the title. I, I, I only have one father, so it's the same as saying Abba. By me saying I'm his son, it's the same as me saying he's my father. And that would be uh, that would be okay. Um, so now, now that we've come back to, uh, we've basically the Aruch Hashulchan has basically told us that in principle, as long as you give a title, it would basically be okay, right? It would basically be okay. But look at the uh, the Shach, the Shach. Sorry, go back to the Shulchan Aruch because there's a second halacha, and that's brought down in the Rambam. And we'll just start from Shulchan Aruch, source 31. What happens if his father's name was similar to... His, his father's name is Moshe. And he's got a friend, Moshe. Invites his friend over after school. Can he say Moshe to his, calling his friend when his father's in the house? Says the Shulchan Aruch. Right? Because, sorry, not Imusham. Imusham Shu Pelbi. Says the Shulchan Aruch as follows. You invite your friend over. Your father's name is Moshe. Your father's name is Moshe. Your friend's name is Moshe. Can you call your friend Moshe when your father's there? So says the Gemara, you have to change your name. Says the Shulchan Aruch, you don't have to change your name. Why? Because Moshe is a common name. But let's say your father's name was... I don't know. Label. Uh, uh, today, label is not such... Right? Kutiel. Uh, huh? Kutiel. Kutiel. Okay. Uh, I think label is probably a, a less common name than Kutiel in today in Israel. But let's say Kutiel, right? And you, it's a, not a common name. And your friend's name is Kutiel. So it says the Shulchan Aruch, you can't call your friend that name. Can't call your friend that name. Where? In front of your father? Didn't say that. Look at the Shulchan Aruch. Hayashem aviv kashem acherim. Meshane et shamam imushem shu peli. Where? Even on the, even in the playground. Even when your father's not around, your father's got a very specific name that is not common and you've got a friend who's got that same name. You can't call them by that name. Says the Ramah, 
אבל שם שרגילים בו מותר לקרות אחרים שלא בפניו. What happens if it's a regular name? Moshe. Your father's name is Moshe, your friend's name is Moshe. Says Rama, you can call your friend Moshe. Where? In the playground. But not in front of your father. So that means that basically if you have a friend, if he's got a strange name, an uncommon name, you can never call him by that name. Give him another name. Whatever. Call him by his surname. Whatever it is. But if it's a common name, you can call him as long as it's not in front of your father. If it's in front of your father, you're in trouble. Those are the two Khumras of the Shulchan Aruch. So where it's a non-common name, you can never call your friend that by there. And where it's a common name, you can't call your friend in front of your father. Look at the Shach. Shelo b'fanav, v'adrisha katav, d'la'acherim, afilo b'fanav, imeno peli shari. Right? According to the Drisha, if it's not an unfamiliar name, you can even call your friend by his name, even in front of your father. And if it's an uncommon name, you can call him, you know, Mr. Kutiel, in the playground you can call. So the Shach is lenient in both, in both cases. He says like this, according to the Shulchan Aruch, if it's an uncommon name, you can never call your, father, you can never call your friend by that name. According to the Shach, in the playground, you can call him by that, at home not. If it's a common name, according to the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, you can never call your friend by that name in front of your parent. According to the Shach, you can be lenient and call, if it's a common name, you can call your friend by his name, even in front of one's parent. Then even if the parent is Mochel? No, if the parent is Mochel, then, then just like everything, he would be able to be Mochel. There's a discussion. If this is a din in Mora, do we say that the Ha'av she'machal al kvodo, kvodo machul? Maybe a father can only be forgo his honor, but reverence, Mora, is that clear that a father can forgo it? So the din is that yes, that basically we find that a father can uh, forgo his honor. The, the um, She'il taught. The Shiltot says, although a father can be mochel on his kavod and his mora, but he cannot be mochel on bizayon. Right? So he cannot be mochel on bizayon. But even mora, he can be mochel on, and therefore, Lichora, this would apply as well. What's the proof of it? The proof of it is sitting in a seat. We find that a parent is able to say, you can sit in my seat. And that's uh, often, you know, if, we, if I'm away for Shabbat, and my kids, uh, you know, they want to sit, and they, isn't it, they'll, they'll ask. Permission, can I sit in my seat? And I'm mochal and it's, uh, it's all good. One of the things that I yes. can understand here in Eretz Israel yeah. is that students call their teachers by their first names. Okay, that's uh, interesting so discussion. They call everybody by their first names. Interesting discussion. Okay, so now says uh, um, the Yalkut Yosef says basically, They ask you, who's your father? What's the name of your father? That's what we saw in the, that's what we saw all over Shas. Roshim Ba Yochai didn't say, Abba Mori. He just said, Abba Yochai. Right? So that basically, as long as you are stating my father, you're allowed to say their, uh, their name. Okay. The Yamshal Shlomo argues, but basically we're going to, uh, I think, um, the Yalkut Yosef and the Aruch HaShulchan are pretty much 
the accepted understanding that if you say my father, you can't say the first name, you don't even need necessarily need to say Abamori. If obviously it's a din in Torah, then one should say Abamori. Because then it's it's more shayach. But if you're going to a lawyer's office and asking you what your parents' uh, name is, you know, you're going to be straight up name. It's not so shaykh to talk about Abba Mori. You can, but it's a hero, but it's not an Abba not to. Okay, we have... Um, the Alkid Yosef quotes, which is very interesting. Yeah. When the person is called up to the Torah. Right. Or when Mishaberach is mentioned. Right. So it's we say. We're right. Or when you are called, if you're the Gabbai, you're calling up your father. Right. 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 Now, the Chutzani, now we, we have. Right. Vadai, it's, uh, it's right. better to call them Abamori, uh, Avimori. But if you don't, it's not, uh, it's not the end of the world. Um, just, just a point. Ashkenazim don't, the Minag is, we don't call our parents after, uh, our children after our parents while they are alive. Uh, but Svarim, Dafka, it's a big cupboard that they do call their parents after their children after um, their, their parents, even when they're, they're alive. Now you've got a problem. According to the, the, the Shulchan Aruch, the father's name is, is Moshe, right? And the son is named Moshe after the grandfather. Now you're sitting at the Shabbos table. The grandfather's here, the son's here. He wants to tell the son to go bring the hummus. What do you do? But Moshe is a common name. But we said, according to the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, even if it's common, you can only call your son when? Not in front of your, gra- your father. So now they're sitting at the Shabbos table, according to the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, you're in trouble. According to the Shach, you're okay. That's not going to help the Svarim. Maran didn't, you know, they go by Maran. So what are we going to do? So the answer is, you call him Moshe. You have to make it, you have to change. You have to, you have to call him Moshe instead of Moshe. And uh, you should, uh, whatever, you should, you should make a... A term of endearment for your for your children. That's what uh, that's what the Chutashani says. That that's what they should uh, do. One last uh, din, and this is oh, two last din. You know, let's. I'm not sure we're going to have time, so let's just skip. Uh, I'll say it outside. Honoring one's parents after one's death. Basically, the Gemara says, how do you honor them when you're in the lab? If you're going to the market, you say. Give it to me because of my father, if you know that they're going to be Mechabedim. And after one's parent dies, one once says within the first 12 months, My father, Abba Mori, Hareni Kaparat Mishkavo. Right? We say, a person is meant to say, when um, I should be an atonement for my father's sins. That's until 12 months. Rashi, if you look at Rashi, Alayabo Korah Haraui Lavo May all the punishment be upon me instead of him. But after 12 months, we just say, Zichronola Libracha, or as other poskim say, anything similar to that, as Amiri points, Alaba Shalom, etc., etc. That would be. I'll, I'll say it again. Okay. I'll, I'll say it again. When it comes to. Honoring one's parents after they die, for the first 12 months, you have to say, Hareni Kaparat Mishkavo. I am an atonement for my father. Rashi explains, what does that mean? May all the punishment be upon me. All the punishment that is meant to go to one's father, may it come upon me. After 12 months, you don't need to say, Hareni Kaparat Mishkavo. You just have to say, 
Zichrono Libracha, or Alava Shalom, and that is okay. Now, this is a difficult understanding because since it's a Pasuk that says that the children, right, will not bear the, the punishment of the parents, right? It's Pasuk in, in, in the Chumash. Right. So, 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 so what's going on over here? So look at Betzel HaChokmah, uh, source number 43. And Betzel HaChokmah says, uh, first of all, he brings the kasha. He says, listen, if when it says, how do I have to honor my parents? They ask me to go give them a burger. I have to go buy it for them. But who pays? My dad has to give me the credit card. So says the Betzel HaChokmah, I don't understand. If I don't need to pay for Kibbut Aim, I need to get all the physical punishment of my father upon me. How could that, how does that work? Right? So he explains as follows. I'll say it outside. He quotes Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein understands that this statement of Harani Kaparat Mishkamo doesn't necessarily, the son's not going to get the punishment. There's no way of doing a transfer. Right? You cannot do a bank transfer of Averot and punishment that meant to go from the father to the son. So what is Hareni Kaparat Mishkavot that I should be an atonement for my... Says Ramosh it's a, it's a phrase of Kavod, but not really that Akash Baruch Hu is going to transfer the, um, the punishment from the father to the son. Rav Sternbuch gives another answer. Rav Sternbuch says, and he brings this difficulty of, of how does this work? It, you know, it doesn't work in halacha that you can just transfer averas from son to and punishment from father to son. He understands it to be as follows. He quotes Tosfot Riyazak. Eh? It's specifically if you are quoting your father regarding a halacha. I'm giving a shir and I'm quoting this is what my father said was a halacha. When you're giving a shir, you have to say, Hareni kaparat mishkavo. Why, why dafka when you're giving a shir? Because you could be misquoting, misunderstanding, mis everything. Everyone quotes uh, the, every rabbi and many times they misquote, uh, many times they misquote their, their rabbi and many times they could be misquoting their father. So that's what you're saying. That if there's any untoward Practical ramifications are going to come out of me quoting my father. The punishment is on me. But that's only for Psach Halacha. And therefore says Rav Moshe, uh, Rav Moshe Sternbuch. That even within 12 months. Many times we find even Yerei Shammai don't Are not makpi to say. And he says maybe because that's only for giving Psach Halacha. But not, not every time that you're just saying you know. My father. Uh, he says, obviously, if you do, it's better. But if you don't, it's okay. Final din, we said that why did the Torah change it? To equate the honor and reverence one has to give to one's mother to one's father. Is there any precedence? So the Shulchan Aruch does paskin in source number 49. If a father says, bring me a glass of water, and the mother says, bring me a glass of water, one first gives the water to one's father. Why? Because the mother is also obligated in honoring one's father. Right? And since that is the case, explains the Shulchan Aruch, if she is divorced, 
שניהם שווים, דנא או איקוול, ולאיזה מהם שירצה יקדים. And you give to whoever, there is a fascinating response of the Nora Behuda, I suggest if you have time to read the essay after the shir, um, regarding a very interesting case. We've run out of time, so I'm not going to say the case, but basically, um, this is the basic halacha, that they are equal. In certain times, the father will take preference um, um, when one has to, when the mother is also obligated to honor the father. The Pitre Truva points out that if it's not something that the mother is obligated to do to the father, then perhaps they're on equal setting once again. Tov. Everyone, uh, please God. This was, uh, Shia was given, Lilu Nishmat, all of the Chayalim and the other civilians that died in the terrorist attacks. Please God, there shouldn't be uh, more. And Bezrat Hashem, everyone should have a Yom Chagat Smot Sameach from this evening onwards. Amen.